0: This is a quote from Wilmington activist and president of One Village Alliance, Chandra Pitts. Uh, It was recorded uh, this morning um, by Jeannie Kwan of the News Journal uh, and it was on Twitter. You can't have a more peaceful protest than taking a knee. I mean, that's the most peaceful thing you can do. We've been down to Legislative Hall. So if we know that we have an administration and a mayor and administrations and mayors across this nation, and people who are affluent who really care about business. Downtown. Bricks and mortar. Yeah, if we gotta break something that you care about. We're not evil enough to break your heart, like our hearts have been broken because of the loss of life, and burn a fire within your spirit. All we can do is light a match sometimes, and break a window, and set something on fire. And you still don't feel the violence and the pain and the loss that humanity is feeling when we look at something like George Floyd's life being taken. Trayvon Martin. Michael Brown bled out in the middle of the street in Ferguson, Missouri. Jeremy McDowell right here in the city of Wilmington, who was murdered sitting in his wheelchair by Wilmington police. So if this is what it takes after years and years and years to get the attention of the administration to now break something that you care about. Now, I'm not saying I agree, but we have to at least understand it. Which side are you on, boys? Which side are you on? Which side are you on, boys? Which side are you on? Solidarity comrades and friends, Uh, this is Rob in Highlands Bunker, in the shadow of Rockford Tower, behind enemy lines in the belly of the beast, Uh, I'm here uh, to regroup, rehydrate, and reflect on yesterday's events, uh, Saturday, the 30th of May. The demonstration began at Rodney Square. Along the way, I ran into so many inspiring brothers and sisters in the street. Uh, Eventually, we we took the highway, uh, and we closed it for an hour. As the confrontations with the police escalated, vandalism and menacing began, and eventually looting and fires. There have been some follow-up actions today. Um, I saw one notable one in Dover that I think is still going on. I saw a smaller rally in Seaford. Uh, As I write this, it's about uh, 8 p.m. Sunday evening. Uh, As we approach dusk, uh, I'm starting to get a little edgy. Uh, Actions very likely will continue tonight uh, in some fashion with the knowledge that the police and tactical teams are ready to do violence, to protect personal property. Uh, I wish one of my brothers and sisters in the street, solidarity and courage tonight, uh, both moral and physical courage. Uh, please be as safe as you can. My heart is heavy today. Um, I'm emotional. Maybe you can hear it. I don't, I don't know. Um, I've been to many, many actions with comrades. I've been arrested for civil disobedience with comrades. I've bird-dogged and ambushed politicians, famous ones you know and local ones nobody knows. Uh, I've picketed and protested previously in Wilmington and in Delaware, you know, my home. Uh, But yesterday uh, was was different. I'm encouraged by this and I'm excited that it was different uh, because of the passion and the numbers and what we were able to accomplish. Uh, and the solidarity with, we had with, with everybody across the country. Uh, but I'm blue, too. Uh, because vandalism and street scrapes and, um, and all that, um, you know, complicate matters. Um, I just was taking a walk in the neighborhood. And, you know, a few, uh, you know, police academy washouts and tactical gear are, are you know, defending the, uh, the, the fucking bottles of Absolute and the, uh, the lottery shop down the street want to be Navy SEALs. Um, Really, I'm incensed uh, that people do not understand what seems to be a very basic premise. The people vandalizing and looting live here. Their families are here. The businesses, large and small, rarely benefit them. The jobs on offer are exploitative and for poverty wages. The gentrified property values make housing unaffordable. And the adhesive to hold that holds all of this together are the armed officers that protect private property, the police. Uh, yesterday, uh, we marched from Rodney Square. We, we marched uh, to 8th and French. Um... We marched down to the police station and did a big action there as a second group from 8th and French looped all the way around and brought people down 4th Street. Uh, When they joined us from 4th Street, there was a large uh, action at the police station. And then um, after some back and forth with the police and some folks getting pulled in, possibly arrested, some things getting broken up, um, the police sort of, the confrontation there wasn't going to go anywhere. So we walked down Walnut over to Walnut Street Bridge into Southbridge, uh, and we blocked traffic on on Walnut Street uh, for about a half hour. Um, Nothing really of consequence there. I did see somebody uh, break a red light camera, which everybody can get behind. Now, at this point, I didn't know and I don't know if other people did know. But um, after the fact, I was alerted to the fact that at that time the police had taken cars and it, like encircled the shoprite, uh, the big right that's down in Southbridge, um, because they're you know they're going to obviously um, secure the capital. Um, and we didn't go that way. We gave them the old switcheroo, uh, and we cut back through uh, towards the riverfront. And then we deked towards the riverfront and deked back, and we took the highway. And uh, I'm proud of that. Uh, Tonight I'm getting reports, obviously, on Conquer Pike, that the target uh, is being encircled and the mall is being uh, secured. Uh, I will point out that in the Civil War, uh, the first things that were always secured as a top priority were the cotton and the sugar warehouses. So you can make any connection you would. Scarcity drives up profits, but it requires we maintain an underclass that are underserved, that are unemployed, that are subjugated, that are oppressed, that are menaced, that are sequestered in, quote, bad neighborhoods, unquote, and confronted every day with the real possibility that the police will enact violence on their body, haul them to jail or kill them. Given this context, I cannot. In good conscience, get upset or apologize when those same people don't respect the sanctity of Starbucks or T-Mobile. I was pleased to see another piece of uh, Jeannie Kwan reporting uh, when Starbucks windows were broken out uh, Saturday night. Somebody yelled out, why would you do that? What did Starbucks ever do to you? And, uh, And somebody else yelled out, we can't afford it. I thought that was very powerful. You know, just uh, last week, uh, before things really kicked off uh, in Minneapolis, uh, where Mr. Floyd was murdered, in New York City's Central Park, uh, there was a spat about leashing a dog in the Ramble, and a white woman uh, threatened to, quote, call the police and tell them an African-American man is attacking me. And that's what she did. Describing the man specifically as African-American before the dispatcher even asked. So she instinctively, you know, knew that regardless of the circumstances, that description put the police on her side straight away and immediately put the black man's body in peril. You know, I don't really like this Karen meme. I guess it's sort of fucking played out by now. Um, You know, speak to your manager and all that. Um, It's gotten, you know, a lot worse now with this reopening stuff. Um, but it's, you know, I don't know. It, 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 it's it's just sort of a, 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 a cliche now. Uh, but this one in New York, I think, is illustrative because of the, the details that you see there. Um, that, you know, you have, you know, disagreements with people in the store or in the street or whatever, in the park saying, do this, do that. They don't want to do it, or, you know, uh, road incidents with your car. Um, the way she told him specifically what she would do, and specifically went and did that, um, is, is very telling. I think it's a big tell. The American police are capital's pound military. I mean, it's it's quite obvious at this point that that's true. They're nearly absolutely immune from consequences and do violence with impunity. Um, I was sent a video uh, from a few weeks ago, might be almost a month ago now, there was a dust up, I think it was in Southbridge, it might have been on the east side, um, some kids were fighting, um, I think it was like a girl and two boys or something, I don't know, it's just it's a 13 and 14 year old, you know, street fight, I've been in them when I was 13 and 14 years old, maybe many of you have as well, so if I recall, two cop cars rolled up, and the boy you see on the ground closest to the person taking the video is immediately put on his face with a knee in his back, and like look in the back of his neck, like pinning his neck. It's like, you know, three weeks ago. And, you know, in the light of, of uh, the lynching of, of Mr. Floyd by the cops, you know, it really brings that into stark relief. It's impunity you know we have these fairy tales we tell ourselves about like first responders and dangerous jobs and all of that it's all bullshit it's a narrative that allows what all evidence is showing at this point to be a dangerous white supremacist cult Uh, and the cops uh, who are uninitiated know full well to be silent to the sacred rituals of this cult. Uh, until we see what's right in front of our faces and, and decide together that this is immoral and unacceptable I, I think this unrest will continue and rebellion and, and, and uprising will continue uh, it must it must um, I you know I don't know um, exactly what will happen between now and I think tomorrow uh, when Carl will, will Potentially post this um, I did Just as I sat down um, To do this and set up uh, I saw what looked like A, a, a terrible incident in, in Minneapolis Where a, a tanker uh, Ran over some protesters um, You know I, I I I shiver to think about What could happen just right in this neighborhood Tonight uh, to folks um, I believe you know, uh, a lot of people are getting together for nonviolent solidarity on Friday this coming Friday. Um, I spoke with some, you know, some leaders in our community and and some folks who just want to have you know maybe a rally to sort of um, reflect upon where we are. Um, I can tell you that if you're, as I said, looking for an apology or for me to place blame on somebody or whatever, that's never ever going to happen because. The blame was placed. I just placed it. So we're going to keep moving on. Um, You know, we'll talk about this as the time comes. Uh, Speaking of which, uh, we're recording two episodes this week. Uh, One is with uh, Delaware Online reporter Carl Baker, who I uh, happened to run into in the street yesterday. Uh, But he's done some uh, reporting um, on the coronavirus and um, uh, PPE equipment and uh, the federal response. Uh, Between the federal and the state. So he has some interesting reporting he wants to talk about. And maybe we'll talk about Saturday a little bit too. Uh, And later this week I will be discussing uh, with Professor Peter B. Levy of York University. His book uh, called The Great Uprising. Uh, The book contextualizes all the rebellions of the 60s and early 70s. uh, And through stories of uh, three particular ones. Sort of tries to tell a story about. Uh, The history and the impact uh, and the context, historical context around, um, you know, all the uprisings in America uh, in the 60s and 70s. Uh, And so it goes. Uh, Please consider a small monthly patronage uh, at patreon.com slash the Highlands Bunker. You can follow us at Twitter uh, at the Highlands Bunker. Um, Like I said, folks it's tough we got to make hard decisions we got to make we have to have very difficult conversations I'm having some with close friends right now and they're not pleasant um, but I, I, I don't see I don't see any other way so uh until next time everybody left his best tell me which side